This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. Today we are on Nathaniel or Bartholomew. And I can guarantee you that if you were to ask the average, not the, the schools, not the scholar, not the one that studied, but the average Christian, can you t please tell me about Bartholomew? Very, very few would be able to know anything at all about Bartholomew. At least I didn't before I started studying. So they would have no answer for you. They wouldn't, most, most people wouldn't even know that Bartholomew was an apostle. And was, his, real, his name is Nathaniel, and we're going to look at one, see how he was called again. Philip, Jesus came down and found Philip, and Philip found Nathaniel. And we are going to look at John chapter 1, verse 44, or verse 43 first. The day following, Jesus would go forth to Galilee and findeth Philip. He's the first and only apostle that Jesus actually went and found himself. The other ones were brought to Jesus. So Jesus comes down from Galilee, from uh, Bethsaida, down into the uh, Galilee, and said, came down to Galilee and found a Philip, and said unto him, Follow me. Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now Philip findeth Nathanael, and said unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Okay, Bartholomew is a Jewish name. Nathanael is Bartholomew. They're the same person. Bartholomew is a Jewish name that derives from the Aramaic meaning son of Talmai. T-A-L-M-A-I, Talmai. Bar is Aramaic for son and is a patronym. A patronym is a name that comes from a father or a male descendant. And uh, so his full name is Nathaniel Bartholomew Talmai. That is, that is Nathaniel's full name. Nathaniel means God has given in Hebrew. Talmai means furrow, rich in land. So his name is, is God has given you rich in land. Nathaniel Bartholomew Talmai. Okay, the interesting thing about that when when when. when when Philip came to Nathaniel and says, we have found the one we've been studying all these years about looking for. We have found him. No doubt, since he said the one that we've studied in the law of the prophets and of Moses, he was thinking about, see, they were followers of John the Baptist. And they were listening to John the Baptist here in John chapter 1 when he said, in verse 23, he says, he said, this is John the Baptist, just John chapter 1, verse 23. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way the Lord has said the prophet Isaiah. See, John was telling, John the Baptist was telling these people that were looking. He says, I'm the one that the prophet Isaiah talked about. You've been studying that, that, that he was going to come. This, the Lord has sent me. I am the one. Now, if you look at that, that's Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to read that. 
because that'll tie right back into the lesson that we're getting ready to get into because this is, to me, really interesting as we get further into it. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah writes this. Comfort ye, want, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare, warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned for she hath received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight the desert highway, desert highway for our God. So I'm not going to get into the whole chapter of Isaiah, but it's no doubt that these apostles, when they said the ones we have studied about from Moses and the prophets, they had studied the prophecy of Isaiah. And when John the Baptist came on the scene and said, I am the one that Isaiah wrote about, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, this is what he was explaining right here when he was saying it, verse 23 of John chapter 1. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Okay, so he was getting ready, to, John the Baptist was getting ready to, to baptize Jesus. And uh, so he, Jesus had, after Jesus had just been baptized, it, if you look at verse John chapter 1, verse 28. These things were done in Bethabara, which is the general area of Bethany, beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. So Jesus was baptized at Bethabara in the Jordan. And the next day that was John that stood looking upon Jesus as he walked, declared, behold, the Lamb of God. Okay, Bethabara is 70 miles from where Jesus came down to Galilee. And Jesus goes to Galilee where he found Philip. Bethabara is actually a 70-mile journey down. But he spent the day with Andrew, and then they came down and found Philip. And they, they, Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. After Philip found Nathaniel, Nathaniel was, a, was from Cana. Nathaniel was a pious Jew. He was, that means he was devoutly religious. That means he constantly was studying prophecy and studying the scriptures and looking for the Messiah. A pious Jew is one that just, now see, when I said earlier when we were studying the apostles that at age 13, most of these apostles left the uh, seminary, left the Jewish schools and went upon their occupation. That didn't mean that they quit going to the, to the feast days and quit, didn't quit studying scripture and didn't quit looking for Messiah. They just didn't continue education in the school, in the college, in the school, in the Jews, with the Jews. They left, but they continued as devout Jews studying and learning and, and, and looking for Messiah constantly. And then when John the Baptist came on, their eyes really started open. Okay. He's got to be coming. It's got to, the sign was there. Just like even now, the Lord promises us signs of his coming and his return. They had signs of the Lord coming at that point. And so they began to look and so, and so they began to study even harder, especially when John the Baptist came up and said, I'm the one that you've been reading about in Isaiah. I am the one with the voice crying in the wilderness. They all begin to flock to John and say, okay, he's, he, this is the forerunner. This is the one that's going to pay, make way the path of the Lord. Let's follow him and, and let, let's find out where the Messiah is. And so when Jesus did come on, they were looking for him. 
And that's when John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God. It was an easy thing for them to believe because they understood prophecy. And uh, so Nathaniel Bartholomew was of Cana. He was a pious Jew, devoutly religious, who lived with daily expectation of the coming Messiah. He was a close friend of Philip and a disciple of John the Baptist. They had identified him as the forerunner, as Isaiah prophesied. I just covered that. Cana, let's see, Bethsaida, let's see, Cana, he lived 12 miles from the Sea of Galilee. Bethsaida was the home of Philip, which was 20 miles. He was 20, lived 20 miles from Philip, but 12 miles from the Sea of Galilee. They both were fishermen also, but they didn't own a boat or in the fishing business. Them two would go and they would work for Zebedee and they would work with James and John and then they would work with Andrew and Philip, uh, Andrew and uh, Peter and they were hired hands in the fishing business, but they knew the fishing business. Now, the, the, the thing about Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel is uh, they, they did meet through the fishing business, but Nathaniel Bartolma of Cana, his father's name was Talmay. Now, this is, this is in history if you trace back lineage. Now, this is pretty cool. Not a lot of people, I didn't know this. The lineage was dated back to King David from Nathaniel. Nathaniel had royal blood, and he was looked down upon because he did not fit in with that group. The, 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 didn't take the riches, didn't take the... He was, uh, his lineage linked back to one of David's wives' name, which was Mekah, the daughter of King Talma of Gersher. I don't know much about him. I didn't study that part of it yet. But that's where the Talmud came from. His lineage goes back, and he got his, what did we say that was called? A, a patronym, which is a name derived from a father or a male ancestor. And that was, uh, I thought that was an interesting note because he had royalty in him, but he was not, he didn't bring that with him. He was a fisherman. And so some of the Jews looked down on him because he could have had riches. He could have had much more, and I don't know why they look down on him, but that's what the history book says. <laughs> I guess that's why, because he was saying, you're not supposed to be fishing. You're supposed to be some kind of a king. Okay. Let's see. Some say because he had royal blood, okay, chose to fish, he had been down by his kindred people, and no wealth was passed to him because of that. That's why I wanted to say and they didn't pass wealth to him because he did go fishing. And uh, Nathaniel's later life was for a time preaching in Lycania mean, move, before moving to Armenia. Now, I, I can get a map out and, and determine where those actually were, but I'm not going to do that at this point. I'm going to have to put this up because it keeps falling. Okay, Lycania was a region in Central Asia Minor, which today is Turkey. It is a very poor region where, he, where Nathaniel went to to start preaching. Paul and Barnabas had already preached there as well, and it was right outside of Derby and Lystra and Iconium where churches were established. Nathaniel just went to preach there and to help build, finish building the churches. The population was partial to the Jews and many converts were established in congregations with elders in each of the cities. 
Now, some of this is not in the in gospel as far as us learning about Christ and the, the deity of Christ and, and salvation. All This is the history of this man that was documented in history books as people followed lives of anybody. Say, for instance, if you followed the life of George Washington, you would know that he crossed the Delaware. But when nobody saw him do that, but you can read in history. But if you talked to, if he had written an autobiography and said, I crossed the Delaware, that would be a bit different. But these are just historical events that, are, that have been proven. Okay, that was number seven. Let's see. Bartholomew missed or Nathaniel Bartholomew ministered in Armenia, which was 400 miles northeast of Laconia. These geographical terms don't mean anything to you, but it's just, he, he wasn't isolated in one place. He was constantly on the move. Several apostles preached and taught there at the same, at some time. This area at this time is in area divided among Turkey, Iran, and Iraq, and the former Soviet Union. Back, that's where it is right now, today. Those day, but it's a general, general region area right there in Armenia where, where that was. In AD 58 and AD 59, he went to India. India, Nathaniel assisted Philip in Prygia, P-H-R-Y-G-I-A. And that's the same one of the same places that Paul preached. At Philip's beginning ministry there, he went, he was, was two years. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm backed up here. He was in private, Prygia two years and then went to India. And that was uh, where he, Philip went and assisted him. So Philip and Nathaniel both went to India together to preach. At AD, let's see, 180 years later, this is, this is a history book that was found out. This is astounding to me. This was 100 years, 180 years after Nathaniel was executed. We'll get into that in just a minute. Th th this man's name, I can't pronounce it, Pantaneus, Pantaneus was sent to India. The Christians there in India were requesting this man to come and what they did is they, they, when he got there, he was sent there from Demetrius, which was a bishop of Alexandria. When he got to, when he arrived in India, he was amazed that he found a copy of the Gospel of Matthew written in Hebrew that was in India, that was delivered to them and brought to them by the apostle Bartholomew. It was said that Bartholomew kept copies of Matthew, the book of Matthew. Well, I don't know, but, but wherever he preached, he left a copy of the book of Matthew. And, uh, and so here they found the actual original book of Matthew in Hebrew that was delivered to them by the apostle Bartholomew. Now that's, of course, that's, you know, I'm going to say, oh, he delivered that to the India. No, that's not in there, but this is the history that it behind him that, that was documented. They actually found it. Okay. Also re re preserved with that was a complete description of his work and detailed description of Nathaniel's appearance. Now this is this is history. And the Bible doesn't say this, but I'm telling you, this is a, this is preserved, and that was a complete description of his work and detailed description of his appearance. Bartholomew is described as a man of medium height. 
which meant just a few inches over five feet. Medium height back then, I don't know what the medium height is now, but he was just a few inches over five feet. He had a very fair complexion. He had black curly hair contrasting with a big gray beard. Now, I don't know how you picture that in your mind, but curly black hair and a gray beard. Long, straight nose. He had a powerful trumpet-like voice and asetrical habits, which means he wore the same clothes and the same shoes all the time for 26 years. 26 years, he would wash them, but it was the same clothes, the same shoes, the same outfit, 26 years. He had a very friendly, cheerful, skillful attitude. He was a very skillful linguist, linguist, and he knew every single language that was spoken in his ears. He could speak any language. He was multilingual. Wherever he was at, he could speak that language, and he could understand that language and communicate to any people that anybody, they, they did not find a language that he couldn't communicate and speak that language, whoever he was talking to. I thought that was a phenomenal trait of him as well. So they said he was very skillful linguist who knew all known languages. That's how, the, that's how they described him. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, be almost, almost got it. His life anyway. There was a there was a king in there that was in India, a king of a region. He wasn't actually the king of India. His daughter was mentally ill, and they had to keep her in a cage. And this is documented with this history too. And this has led led up to his execution. And he it was said, this is not Docu this, this is said in these documentations that he said, let her out. And they didn't want to let her out. When he let her out, God miraculously through him healed this woman. And this, this king became converted. This king's brother was also had power, was enraged by it because so many converts started coming to, to Christ because of this one healing. He's the one that actually ordered the execution. Said the Bartholomew, he was beaten with clubs, skinned alive, and then beheaded. Isn't that amazing? For preaching the gospel. Mad because people were being converted. They they were studied, they were uh, worshiping the God Astaroth, not the same one that was in Paul's days. It was that was no Astroth. Astaroth was the one that was with Paul. Astroth was a goddess that they were worshiping. And I guess it was because he, they took his uh, their way of living out when they were uh, when he was convert when she was converted, and so many people flocked. Let me get started. Get finish up with this one here on this one because this talk this gives detail about the uh, that. Hang on just a second. Okay, according to the apostolic history of Abba's Simon, let's see, wait a minute. No, that's a different one. I had a bookmark in the wrong one. Sorry. <laughs> that's next week. In two weeks. 
Okay. The legends studying ancient coins and other archaeological artifacts have pronounced the story essentially true. And the story was published actually in 1950, citing this writing, who stated, Bartholomew preached the gospel to those Indians. Those Indians were called a group of, their group of Indians were called happy. Now I've met, I don't know if you know where the Exxon station is that's um, right up on Beach Road and Courthouse Road. There was an Indian that worked in there who I met, and uh, he's called his name Happy. And when I was reading this and studying this, I guess that's where he got his name from because this whole group of Indians from India, the, the whole group was called happy. I said, why do they call you happy? You don't look too happy. I'm just talking with him sometime. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention one thing earlier. I wanted to tell you, I met a lady at Tractor Supply yesterday. This is not nothing, anything to do with the lesson, but while I'm thinking about it, her name is Helen. And I got to talking with her yesterday and she said she saw one of your services online, has never met you, but she recognized my name. And she promised me and Teresa she was coming this morning. She says she just moved from New York, and she's here from New York, and she loves, she's a Southern Gospel fan, one of the very rare ones up there in New York that loves Southern Gospel. And so she saw one of your messages online. She was just scrolling through and happened to see it. And her name is Helen. She's not, she's not, not older. She's, I guess she looked like about 50. But I guess we ta ended up talking to her about 30 minutes. So I'll introduce her to some of y'all here if she does come, actually come through. She promised me she was coming. I said, you don't need to promise me, man. She said, I've been telling you, I've been looking and I want to come. I said, well, she says, and I'm going to come Sunday. So I'll, I'll, I want to throw that in while I'm thinking about you and you're sitting here. Her name is Helen and she's excited about our church and what she's seen so far. So I thought that was interesting. I started talking about happy because, you know, sometimes... When you ain't happy about nothing and you go out and you put on a show and you are happy, people are going to see, hey, this man's happy. This woman's happy. And you might not be happy about nothing, but it's called a testimony. And you might not be excited. But when we're in public and there's an opportunity to be all down in the mouth and, and down doesn't attract anybody. But when you start, when you're cordial and you put yourself behind, this is, this is not, nothing to do with lesson. It has something to do with testimony and winning somebody. Everybody's got a story and everybody's got a problem and everybody's, now, some people, if their cat's got diarrhea, that's dire straight to them. They're in trouble. But somebody could have just been through hell. And their trouble is trouble to them. But this lady with the cat's got diarrhea is just as critical to them. I mean, if, if, if you follow me. So there's, there's, there's trouble in this world. And if somebody can see a light and you can share some hope. I mean, I, I, we just struck the conversation up. She, she just saw the name. We have mentioned this before. She said, now... Kahoot is an odd name. Now, you kin to the preacher. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm kin to him. How do you know him? And she says, I don't know him. And so there goes, 30-minute conversation. We just sat there, line building up, and she let somebody else take over the register and called me and Teresa to the side, and we sat there and just shared for 30 minutes, and she was on the clock. 
and uh, somebody else took over her line. But I just, anyway, I don't know why I'm bringing all that out. It's just that I, that don't happen to me often, where somebody's interested in in that way. But anyway, I hope she does come. So that group was called Happy, and in uh, at the site of the apostles' labor in the state known as Kalania, called Romans, India, Felix, or Happy India, a flourishing city on the west coast of India near modern Bombay. I don't know where Bombay is, and I don't know where any of these places are in my brain about the geographical. But this stuff happened, folks. They had dealings with the Arabs as well and the huge Roman and Iranian empires. Permalil speculated Bartholomew reached Kalena by joining a group of traders sailing from the Persian Gulf of Harbors. Okay, wait a minute. Let me find it. Briefly, Bartholomew's pos- briefly tracing Bartholomew or Nathaniel's possible career. We have no idea when he left Palestine, but we do know it was somewhere around AD 50. He was in Asia Minor preaching in some of the Lyconian churches founded by Paul. Paul would establish the churches. Nathaniel and Bartholomew would go and preach at the churches. And he would, he would ordain the deacons and he would ordain the elders. As Paul and Barnabas would establish a church, Nathaniel would go into the church as a pastor and ordain the deacons. And he would pastor a short period of time and he would go to the next church that Paul built. And he spent his whole, t- whole career ordaining elders and deacons in churches that Paul had already established. Okay, but then he joined West again and briefly joined his old friend Philip who had just presided over the churches in Phrygia. Then around 59 or 60 AD, he undertook the most rigorous journey of all. Perhaps he had heard of a colony of Jews in the area of India that was governed by another fellow named Felix. Okay, for whatever reason, Bartholomew traveled overland to the Iranian Empire on the ports of the Persian Gulf. From there, he sailed to the port of Kalina, bearing with him a copy of Hebrew, in Hebrew, of the Gospel of Matthew. Now, I don't, I've never studied Matthew that hard. But for this man to be so attracted to it and had, wherever he went, he left a copy of the book of Matthew in original Hebrew. I'm going to go back and study Matthew and find a, you know, I, I, I'm just curious to myself. What is it about Matthew that Bartholomew had to have in everybody's hand? I would have thought it had been Luke or Acts. You know, to explain the, I don't know, I've got a, I've got a, I, I, I don't, I'm not that schooled in Matthew, but I'm going to, I'm going to do some reading on it and find out about it. He left there a copy of the Gospel of Matthew where he, uh, and Bartholomew, who enjoyed favor of a local governor, encouraged the wrath of the king who had that, who had that, this is the king that I'm talking about. This is another, this is in another book. So it's, so there's two, uh, two accounts that I've got of this man and how he was executed. When Bartholomew was in his late fifties, this local governor incurred the wrath of the king who had the apostle beaten, 
skinned alive and then crucified on August the 24th, AD 62. Now, that's a heck of a price to preach. How many, how many of us can even fathom in our mind being stretched out and somebody just skinning the skin right off of us? These apostles, every one of them, suffered except for John on the Isle of Patmos. A horrific death. I would rather somebody just sit there and chop my head off and be done with it than sit there and suffer the pain of being beaten and stoned and skinned alive and then, then beheaded. The Christian community founded the remained and, and remained at least five centuries presided over the by that by the Christian area that that happened in lasted at least five centuries, presided over a bishop appointed by the Patriarch of Babylon. Because of the horrific manner of his death, Bartholomew is usually shown, and this is interesting, Bartholomew is usually shown in a sacred art when you see pictures of the apostles holding a knife in one hand and a skin draped over his other arm. A lot of people don't know what that picture means when they see the, you know, you see these stained glass pictures of all the apostles and all. The next time you see the picture of, a, of Bartholomew, Nathaniel, Nat, Nat, Nathaniel Bartholomew, tell me. He'll, he'll be holding a knife in one hand and have a skin draped over in the other. That is symbolizing how he was skinned alive and crucified. I didn't know that. And the skin would be draped over his other arm. So as we wrap up, I went through that a little bit faster than I thought of what I said. I didn't think I was going to finish that part of it. So, let me find it. I wanted to get some more scriptures. There's not much scripture on that part of it. But let's cover uh, his description one more time. And I thought it was really interesting how his lineage goes back to King David. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? And he, because he said, I'm going fishing with my buddy. They said, okay, well, you don't get no money. His name meant uh, owner of a lot of land, rich in land. That's what it meant. God has given you riches and land. But he said, I don't want that. I'm going fishing with my buddy. So Nathaniel was in, lived in Cana, which was 12 miles from the Sea of Galilee. And he fished with Philip as hired hands, not as owners of the fishing boat. Okay. And I'm going to finish up here in just a minute. I'm going to just read his description one more time just for just to keep get it. It is preserved was a complete description of his work and a detailed description of his appearance. Nathaniel Bartholomew Talmy is described as a man of medium height, which meant he was a few few inches over five feet, a fair complexion with a very curly black hair contrasting with a big gray beard, long straight nose, 
powerful trumpet-like voice, asetrical habits, which means he wore the same clothes all the time, same shoes all the time for 26 years. He washed them, but he never changed his outfit. He was a skillful linguist. He knew all known languages around him. And that reminds me of uh, Pentecost and how they, the people thought the people were mad, but, but, the, but every single person could hear the language in their own language. And they thought they, the, the place had gone mad. But can you imagine being so skillful to where you could just talk to anybody, any language, any country, any continent, wherever you were, you could just go in there and speak their language. Isn't that crazy? That's had to be a gift from God because, I mean, I, I, I can't learn Spanish. I mean, I know English. I've tried to, I know very few words in Spanish. And I find it very difficult to comprehend learning another language. How somebody can learn 20, 26 languages fluently and be able to preach in that language and understand and win souls. I guess God just anointed this man and that's how he was able to win the thousands of souls that he did. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.